Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Ummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kion Day, best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a fabulous service department that takes care of the life of the vehicle. Great technicians. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15. Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. All right, Bob Pompiani in a moment. But first, our play-by-play call of the day. He had Bowers as the lead blocker in that split backfield. Bennett's going to take it and stroll into the end zone. Touchdown! Student body left, snap it to my athletic quarterback, get a couple of lead blockers out. TCU acts like they've never seen that play before in their life as nobody was there. No white shirts in the area code. Bennett just zipped it right over to Muscle Beach and scored easily, trotting into the end zone, standing up, and the dogs add six more. It's 23-7. to seven. Scott Howard and Eric Zire, I believe, on the call for the Georgia Bulldog Radio Network. Back-to-back national titles for Georgia. They won 65-7. to Yeah. With that, we uh, bring in the outstanding Bob Pompiani from Pittsburgh. Bob, how you been? Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Stu, Steve. Appreciate it. And what a game last night, huh? 65-7, just as I thought. Yeah, I think just about what everybody thought, because I mean, I, you know, no, with all due respect to TCU, you just didn't see as a matchup that it was going to be a matchup. And no, I didn't see. You it. know, Georgia is like a machine now. They've taken over for Alabama, and I'm sure it was interesting last night watching on the set when David uh, Pollock looked over straight in the eye to Nick Saban and said, hey, Georgia's taking over college football. They're the best program, blah, blah, blah. He had to sit there and listen to that. So he'll be motivated to try to answer that. I actually thought Alabama should have gotten into the Final Four. I was one of the few who thought that. But it is what it is, and uh, they're the better team. And now they're going to lose, what, 10 to 15 more people to the NFL, and they'll just bring in more. Right. Well, that's exactly right. They've got that pipeline. They just roll them in left and right. I got to ask you about the Steelers and how they finished because they end up nine and eight. Uh, so, what was your thought in watching how this team, which had ends up nine and eight because of the miracle on opening day against Cincinnati, and ends up where they are? What'd you think? Well, for me, anytime they don't get in the playoffs, it's not a successful season. Now, uh, that right. doesn't mean they made. Uh, you know, bad use of some of the stuff they had going on. I think it's difficult to always transition from a franchise Hall of Fame quarterback to who knows what. And they were put in that position, Steve. But I think they probably minimized their downtime in terms of, you know, finding the next guy. And I'm not suggesting that Kenny Pickett could be a franchise quarterback, but he certainly could be a, a functional one for them and somebody who, who can win a lot of games. 
And I think we saw that as the year went on. His stats aren't going to overblow you. But the fact that he got in there midseason and then played, and I thought if you really look inside the numbers on third down, he was really good at those critical downs, mm-hmm. those weighty downs that uh, you need to make plays on or else the, you know, the drive's over. So uh, they got a jump start on their, on their next quarterback where a lot of teams could have taken Kenny Pickett. Nobody took any quarterback until the third round, and the Steelers were the only ones. And so maybe they, you know, you know how teams look forever to find their next quarterback. You look at Indianapolis, what they've done ever since Andrew Luck left there. Uh, that was a tough thing for them to go through because no one thought that was coming. But then they've tried quarterback after quarterback after quarterback, and who knows where they're going to be next year with their quarterback situation. They're not the only one. So I think this year will be looked at as a building block to next year. And if next year turns into a playoff season, which I think it could, although they're in a tough division, I think you'll look back and say this was a, 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 turns out to be a pretty good year for this young group on offense. It looked as the season was going. I always felt like he had a pretty good sync with Pat Fryermuth, but it looked like as the season went, he was getting into better sync with George Pickens. Did you see the same thing? Yeah, totally. I think both those guys are going to be very important to Kenny Pickett and the Steelers' offense. Pickens is the sure-handed guy who's made a lot of plays already, and I think he is trending upward to be the number one receiver here. I know Deontay Johnson signed a deal in this offseason, but he had a very strange year in that he never scored a touchdown despite 86 receptions and 147 targets. That's a lot not to get in the end zone. It's not all his fault either. I mean, they went through two quarterbacks. You know, at times, not sure how that was going to It looked like a restrictive play calling on the quarterbacks early on, and it may have certainly hurt because they only had 12 passing touchdowns all year for a team. So, uh, you know, that's unacceptable. That's got to get better. But I think the experience that all these guys got this year should help them. It's hard to predict the NFL, as you know, because you never know what you're going to see. Who would have thought the Rams would go 5-12? and 12? All right. Well, whoever thought Skylar Thompson would be playing a game to get him into the playoffs either. And Brock Purdy would be your offensive rookie of the year, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh so when you look at the defense, Minka ended up being the defense, ended up being the team MVP. Um, what did you think of his performance, and what is what does TJ Watt need to do? I mean, to me, it just seems like he just needs to stay on the field because when he's on the field, it changes everything. Oh, there's no question. I mean, it has it has an effect on everyone. I think we saw that. When he wasn't on the field, they were one and six without him, eight and two with him, and and not that it's always his play that makes the difference, but what it does is it makes defenses, or I'm sorry, offenses, really target him and try to minimize him, and in doing so, you open up opportunities for others. Alex Highsmith had 14 and a half sacks, very quietly, you know, and that's a tremendous. He led the league in forced fumbles, and he didn't even get a Pro Bowl selection. Well, he's going to be due to get a contract at the end of next year, or if they decide to do it sooner, it's going to cost him some money. So, yeah, Watt being healthy, generally all of those guys not missing large chunks of time is important to their defense. But who knows? You can never tell how that's going to be. Their offensive line this year, Steve, never missed a game. All five guys played every single start. That's unusual, but that does not mean that they shouldn't address it. They need to come up with better players and increase the depth in that position. All right. That means, of course, it could be free agency they do it, or they could do it through the draft, which then brings up the draft. How amazed are you that the Steelers got a second-round pick from the Bears for Chase Claypool? Well, stunned. I was stunned when it happened, just because I didn't 
first of all, I thought Claypool would have a good year. This was a money year for him. This is going to be a contract year for him. It came off a bad yeah. year last year based on what we saw in his rookie season. And I thought this would be a jump back. I'm going to show you that I'm, I'm more of what you saw in my first year as opposed to what you saw in my second year. And it turned out to be none of it. And so they soured on him. They traded him. Who, who would have thought a second-round pick? Normally, you know, draft capital, unless you're a really, really good player with some resume, you're not going to get a second-round pick. And they did, and essentially it's turned into a first-round pick uh, right. because it's number 32 overall. That's like a late first-round pick. So they're going to have, um, you know, three of the first 40, four of the first 80. If they cash in on those guys and they come in and play immediately because more and more rookies are doing that, that you know, all of a sudden – it could change the dy- dynamics of your team. So it's very important, and it's the first draft for Omar Khan as the general manager and Andy Weidel, who's the assistant GM after Kevin Colbert, left them with a pretty good draft class from this past season. How did the fans react to watching the Steeler team play this year? How did they react in terms of voice and how, you know, just talking to them in the street? And how did they react in terms of being in the seats? Well, you do a talk show, you know how it goes. I do a talk show here, I know how it goes. People are never happy, no matter what. I'm sure with Penn State fans, you're going to get the people who always want more. Um, Everyone always wants more. But it's a very competitive league, and it's very difficult to to be on top. Now, while they didn't have a losing season, they certainly fell short of their goals again. And I think most of the criticism has been on the offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. And yesterday... I, I was of the belief they'd probably make a change with him. But yesterday I got the feeling after listening to Mike Tomlin that maybe they won't do that. He has a year left out of contract, so maybe they're going to let him play that contract out. Maybe not. Uh, I think sometimes these decisions make a week after the end of the season, and we'll see. But, I mean, most of the criticism went in his direction because, quite frankly, they didn't score enough points. They averaged 18 a game, and that includes, you know, only one time going over 30. So, in the NFL, quick strike lead, you need more big plays, more big offense. We did not see that from them. Now, could it be because they were going through a quarterback transition? I think that has a lot to do with it. Next year mm-hmm. will be a better indication, but the question is, will he be here to go through that next year? All right, exactly. It's a 17-game season now, and you and I both know, Bob, they want to go to 18 games. That's you know The NFL knows where the money is. But the attrition, but the attrition rate is. I mean, uh, are you amazed? I, don't, I doubt you're amazed by the attrition rate because of how physical the league is. But what about the product, and what does it look like in after Thanksgiving compared to what it looks like in October? Well, I mean, all you have to do is look at the Miami and Jets game that the Steelers needed the Jets to win, and see Joe Flacco versus Skylar Thompson. That's all you need to do. And he looked down at some of these other teams with these quarterbacks who were banged up. And, you know, Mike White is, is, is somebody they wanted in New York because Zach Wilson wasn't doing it. I mean, it is tough. There's a lot of injuries in place, and you end up – and that's why I think, Steve, these guys protect the quarterback so much. But also in doing that, you open up so much subjectivity on what is a roughing the passer call and what isn't. And, and you know, you right. want to protect, sure, but you can't take away – you know some of the the abilities of these defensive players to make play. Cam Hayward got called for a roughing this week, and I couldn't believe it. All he did was tackle Deshaun Watson exactly. because he, you know, flung him around. It was viewed as roughing. But you know, I'm sorry, uh, it's a delicate line to walk. But I understand what the league is trying to do. They want to keep their star players in the games so that they don't have Skylar Thompson versus Joe Flacco at the end of the year. 
Well, they did that, but they still ended up with Skylar Thompson against Joe Flacco at the end of the year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's your point. <laughs> <laughs> and and I I got to ask you about Lamar Jackson for a moment because this is two straight years where the last five and a half games he's not a factor and his contract's up and he does he he is his own agent. What do you think the Ravens should do? And what do you think will happen? Well, um, you know, he's his own agent, and that's, I don't know, That's I mean, you save money, but you may cost yourself money, too. I don't know. But then again, this is a league where all those numbers are out there. He knows where he would fit in. I'm sure yeah. he's looking at Deshaun Watson's contract and saying, I'm better than that. I want an MVP. I deserve at least that. So I don't think you need an agent to tell you that. But you do need an agent for some other things as well. Pardon the phone and just went off here so but i think <laughs> my my guess would be my guess would be that he's going to be franchised because they won't be able to make a deal that's suitable to the ravens uh, i think they'd want to get a deal done but the numbers will be different and when they're different it normally means there's an impasse and they do have two years to franchise if they want to do it so uh he won't like it but he's going to make a whole bunch of money in one year if that's the case but that, i think that's that's where we are with that my guess would be he's going to be franchised Great point. Bob, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much. Get that phone. Take care of it. And, and when uh, you do sorry talk about to him, the distractions, Steve. Oh, it's no. always great to talk to you. No, no Bob, tell him I said hi. <laughs> All right. Will do. They'll be honored. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. All right. See ya. The great Bob Papiani. He's one of the, the best in the business. Yeah. Uh, you listen to that, I mean, that voice to go with all that, you know, that knowledge. It's so great okay we'll take a break <laughs> god you can tell what i what i texted you <laughs> oh yeah right before because I, I wasn't sure we we're going to get him because with everything happening over there so, with him <laughs> so this is what he he says haven't heard from a man hadn't heard from rube yet still working on bob so i texted you back <laughs> do you wake up with the goal of killing us <laughs> <laughs> You guys have to. Uh, I hope the audience understands the rapport that we have, because <laughs> he knows I'm just kidding him, <laughs> right? Uh, this is where you back me up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Say it with more conviction. <laughs> I sent you back crying laughter emojis. I know you were just kidding. <laughs> Do you wake up every day with the goal of killing us? <laughs> Maybe that's what Cowboy fans will be saying next week. Oh. I'm sorry. Did I say that? You know, there is a big part of me that does want the Steelers, the uh, Eagles to play the Cowboys. <sighs> Only from a show point of view. From a show point of view. No, you know what? I, I'm I'm there with you for entertainment, and now I'm going to be there next week. I think it would be epic, but at the same time, that would make me the most nervous matchup. It's, in fact, it's I think that conflicting. that guy in that guy in the 1980 NFC Championship game, he's like, Dallas here yeah. at the vet is one of your relatives. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you go back with your parents, you say. Is that like aunt, uncle, cousin? <laughs> I'm telling you. That... Nah, all of them are Giants fans. Oh, really? Yeah, I come from a fan of, a fan of Giant fans, remember. everybody. All my family's based in Jersey City, North Jersey. Everybody's New York Giants. 
In fact, I'm still reminded to this day that my maternal grandfather is still rolling in his grave to this day because I'm an Eagle fan. Yeah, but there were other reasons, too. <laughs> no, I'm just got to that. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I don't know his grandfather, everybody. Okay, so please. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but your father's an Eagles fan, right? He is, but but because of me. See, I, he, my, my dad was not into sports whatsoever. Okay. He didn't give one iota about sports growing up until okay. I showed up. And okay. then when I started my, my, getting into sports in second grade, which the Eagles were the first love through my friends at school, then he started getting into it, and now he loves football. Yeah. yeah. My dad loved Penn State football. He loved the Giants, and he loved the Yankees. Okay. Because uh, remember, when you know my dad was younger, there was no AFL. Okay. So the Giants were the NFL team. There was so there's no AFL. To, right. Uh, my mom uh, loved the Giants, but again, same story. When she's growing up, the Boston Patriots don't exist. Right. Uh, and she loved the Red Sox. Well, then it turned out my brother loved the Yankees. Giants. I was a Giants Red Sox fan. But see, then that's where I branched off because, you know, my father liked hockey, um, but it didn't, you know, but he um, he liked hockey when the Whalers came into existence. And he went to a couple of games and he, he really enjoyed it. The only reason he liked basketball was because I announced it. In all seriousness, the only reason he liked basketball was if I was announcing the game, he was interested. If if it wasn't, he had no interest in basketball. Yeah, that's basically where my dad stands. He's yeah. not a big basketball guy. Right. And in hockey, um, if, if it wasn't going to a Whalers game, he had no interest in hockey. Okay. Yep. That's but, the same way. It, he likes going but, to hockey, but, but he won't right. watch on TV. Right. Now, you know, he, you know. Meanwhile, I mean, I grew up like, you know, you know. Really into hockey, love Bobby Orr. You know, I mean, like, love hockey. Uh, I mean, there are times where I would rather watch college basketball. Let's take college basketball out of it because obviously I'll watch college basketball all the time. And, and part of it's my job, but part of it is I just enjoy college basketball. But I'd rather watch an NHL game than an NBA game. Just. The way it is now, if it's an NHL game and like say the Celtics are on, okay, then I'll watch the Celtics. But but it reflects in the ratings. Like I said, the top one hundred shows of last year, ninety four were sports, eighty two were the NFL, none were the NBA, and none were Major League Baseball. And believe me, you, you know how much I love baseball. Love it. So you're going to go to the game with your father. He has brought what he's, I guess, I was told he went over to CVS today and bought two bottles of Motrin. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> but if it's the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. That's going to be pretty epic. It is, if it is the Cowboys. All right. And the Eagles are the better team. So this is not a case of, all right. The Eagles are the better team. 
But that's going to be some week if the Cowboys beat the Bucks and the Vikings beat the Giants. And who else has to, let's see, in Seattle? Yeah, Seattle's playing San Francisco. San Francisco. Yeah. So if it turns out that way, where the Vikings, 49ers, and Cowboys win. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a juggernaut of a weekend for the NFC. It'll be Dallas and Philadelphia. All right. You will be sitting there on every play, just, I mean, almost in a trance. <laughs> You're getting nervous now. Oh, the other, you know, the other item he bought? Paper bag for you to blow into. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he, uh, this will be our first game since 2019, actually. Okay, what was the last game you went to? Um, It was, it was the uh, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside drop game against Detroit. Do the Eagles know your bad luck? All right, as we come back with more in a moment, you're on News Radio 1070 WKOK. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Yeah, maybe they could play Seattle. That would be the best case scenario in my book, but we'll see. But actually, my dad and I have an overall 20-5 and record, by the way. We're just on our first losing streak ever. So you've lost five times. Correct. But we've won 20. And a lot of them have been blowouts. So you lost five times. Correct. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, the best in new inventory, all with great warranties. Those warranties mean so much. Fabulous pre-owned inventory. And again, because you have Sunbury Motors going over each one with a fine-tooth comb, it's the Sunbury Motors guarantee, which means so much. And a fabulous service department with terrific technicians that back it all up at Sunbury Motors. 
4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Let's see. Uh, The latest Intermat rankings are out. Penn State is number one as the dual meet team. Michigan is four. Uh, They're in the Jordan Center. I I think that's a Jordan Center dual meet. I believe it is. And then uh, Michigan State, which is 29. Uh, Gary Steen still not ranked at 125. We all know Gary's had his struggles this year. Uh, Roman Bravo Young won at 133. Bo Bartlett's number four at 141. Shane Van Ness is 15 at 149. Levi Haynes got in there at 16 at 157. Osvaldo is 16 at 165. Carter Storacci one at 174. Aaron Brooks number one at 184. Max Dean is number four at 197. And Greg Kirkfleet is uh, one at 285. Okay. So there you go. That is the story. And Michigan's in the Jordan Center uh, next on Friday the 20th. And then Michigan State will be in Rec Hall on the 22nd. So Friday night the 20th, a week from Friday, Michigan in the Jordan Center. That should be a wild and raucous crowd that night. It's the first of two in the BJC, the other one, of course, being Iowa. Curtis Jacobs announcing today, officially putting out that he's coming back for the 2023 season to Penn State. So that's now Hunter Norzad, Adisa Isaac, Curtis Jacobs, Devon Ellis all saying that they will be back. Uh, now, if you want to go to the NFL draft, you have until Monday to, to make that announcement. Transfer portal closes, I believe it's Wednesday the 18th, so a week from tomorrow. And then does not open up again until the first week of May. Penn State finishing 7th in both polls. It's amazing with with Jacobs. You, when they moved him in the box, the traffic pattern is different. Now he's gonna when they go with their um, three down line package, the dollar package, and so forth. He and Carter are out there together, and so they're both inside together. But that's a different role. It just seemed like Jacob's season really took off when he moved back to the field linebacker spot. And I think, I want to say it was the, he started doing it in the Michigan game. He started doing it there. He didn't start there, but he started doing it there and then went out there for the Minnesota game. And he had, what, a 14-tackle night? Felt like he was all over the field. He was... um, 
he was one of the five best players on the field that night. And I thought that he played terrific football against Michigan State. He played really well against, you know, Maryland. He played, I thought he played really well in the Rose Bowl. Jacob's a good player. He is a really good player. And getting him back is one of the many pluses. And I talked about yesterday about Adisa Isaac. Now, when he plays next year, he will be more than two years removed from the Achilles. And the... um, And that's normally when you do see somebody with that type of injury really take off is usually a couple years out from it. Every injury has its own timetable as to when you're really back. That's one of them that usually takes a year and a half to two years. That's why I give him so much credit. I thought the last five games of the season, six games of the season, he played terrific. Then there's the Carlos Correa story. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Who was thought to be the last option really going into this thing? It was the Minnesota Twins, the team he played with last year. And the Twins made him an offer. And Twins made him a big offer. Um, So it's not like they didn't sit there and try to re-sign him. Uh, but he first made a 13-year, $350 million deal with the Giants. And they're going through the physical, looking at the ankle. They don't like it. There's a problem. They cancel the press conference. Then he reaches an agreement with the Mets. 12 years, 315 Okay. It's all good. We've reached an agreement. We had a letter of agreement. We gave them time to execute it. They advised us. They still had questions. They still wanted to talk to other people, other doctors, yada, yada, yada. Guess what? And then Mets owner Steve Cohen opted to talk about the agreement before the physical. We needed one more thing, and this is it. He said, he said this was important. This puts us over the top. This is a good team. I hope it's a good team. Then all of a sudden, the Mets had a concern with Correa's physical. Uh-oh. So the Jet, the Mets then walked away from Correa's physical, worried about long-term well-being of the ankle. Okay. So now he's agreed with the Twins, and it's a six-year deal worth $200 million. Now, if there is any team in Major League Baseball, that has an excellent handle on Carlos Correa's ankle, it is obviously the Minnesota Twins. Because they checked him every day. (laughs) He's only 28. Um, And, you know, there are a lot of people who thought he was the number three free agent behind Aaron Judge and Jacob DeGrom. Okay. 
So he's back with Minnesota. So there you go. And I will say this, that you know, people thought that the, the twins were brought back in with just with the idea, like, hey, look, you know, hey, we'll show the Mets. We got another offer going on here. Okay, great. Uh, that's not what happened. Uh, they were serious about um, bringing him back to Minnesota. And they were serious negotiations. Uh, let's see. Guy I thought was a really good kicker, Nathaniel Vacos for Ohio University. Kicked against Penn State. Like, yeah, you watch him. Like, yeah, this guy's pretty good. He, yeah, he's going to transfer to Wisconsin. Wisconsin's doing a lot of transfers. That usually happens. Uh, when uh, When a new coaching staff comes in, and that's what's happening with them. They're getting a lot of transfers. Oh, speaking of shortstops, or shortstop, maybe second baseman, Trevor Story had elbow surgery. Uh, he's going to miss a significant portion of the 2023 season. Um, no offense, but... Like, you couldn't have done this in October? <laughs> it's bothering you that much. You couldn't have done it in October? So I love these surgeries that happen in January. What, this just happened? <laughs> like, suddenly his elbow and he's January? What the heck? He did not have a full reconstruction of Tommy John, so he might be able to play some this year. All the Yankees are completely healthy. And uh, the, uh, what the Phillies have done, you know, quiet, you know what the Phillies have quietly done? They've been bolstering their bullpen. Have you noticed that? Yes, they have. That was a nice trade they made with the Tigers the other day. Yeah. I mean, and the key to any bullpen, um, the key to any bullpen in this day and age to me is how many guys can give you career years or maybe their second best year ever. That's, that's about what it comes down to with bullpens. Can they give you either their best year or maybe their second best year ever. And you can you get at least a couple of guys to do that. And that is what, to me, that is what it comes down to. Every team year after year. You look at Houston. Some of those guys had career years this year in their bullpen. Made a big difference. Phillies got really good years out of the bullpen. Got them to the World Series. Speaking of money, Roquan Smith dealt by the Bears to the Ravens. 
is going to get a five-year, $100 million deal to make him the highest-paid linebacker in the history of the NFL. $45 million of it is fully guaranteed. $60 million, there's an additional $20 million in other guarantees. Oh, and by the way, he keeps all of it. No agent. He negotiated the deal himself. I wonder if he'd be willing to help out Lamar Jackson on his deal. But you know what? Bob's right. They may just franchise him. You know that? They may just franchise him. You're allowed to do that. And the reason, you know, and I've said this over and over again, I always love when, when people blame NFL teams on the franchise thing. No offense, but the Players Association agreed to it. Why that, you know, maybe once, but you're allowed to franchise somebody twice, and the Players Association agreed to this. There are always a lot, I always mention there are a lot of myths in sports. One is, you know, in college basketball, oh, college basketball's one and done rule. No, that's an NBA. That's an NBA rule. College basketball just has to live through it, but that is an NBA rule. It's not a college basketball rule. It's like in the just like the NFL has a rule of three years, and then you can go. Well, the NBA, you're allowed to be 19 and one and done. That's one of the great myths. College basketball, that's stupid. College basketball, one and done rule. No, it's an NBA rule. Hey, maybe uh, Roquan Smith can negotiate your next deal. Sure, why not? I mean, this one turned out pretty well. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> and uh, they're grading out the new coaches in the NFL, their teams. CBS did this. I could care less about this stuff, but let's just for entertainment purposes. Brian Dable, A minus. Kevin uh, O'Connell of the Vikings got B-plus from CBS. Mike McDaniel got C-plus. Matt Eberflus of the Bears got a D-plus. Doug Peterson, A-minus. Dennis Allen of the Saints, C-minus. Ty Bowles, Tampa Bay, D-plus. Were the Bucks under 500? I thought they were over 500. I thought they ended up 9-8. and eight. Yeah, 9-8. and eight. Yeah, they've got here is eight and nine. Josh McDaniels, D plus interim. Steve Wilkes of the Panthers got an A minus. Got an A minus. Jerry Ro- Rosberg of the Broncos got a B plus, and Jeff Saturday got a D plus. It's interesting how Black Monday came up. Jeff Saturday was not fired. You know. That's right. 
Oh, I can hear him in the background. What is he doing now? <laughs> I think we're getting things organized for the rest of the week. You know, we got Rally in the Valley tomorrow for Boys Hoops, Chickalemi okay. at Seals Grove. Yeah, but you do understand. I've been in the building. I know we have offices. <laughs> <laughs> like standing outside, bellowing outside the studio is not, you know. Oh, I was wrong, by the way. Tampa was 8-9. So they lose the last game. Yeah, they, the Falcons beat him thirty to seventeen, but they pulled Tom Brady like halfway through the game. Oh, okay, all right. So yeah, they were eight and nine. But either way, I, I would have given the same thing to Todd Bowles. I honestly don't think he's a good head coach. I think he's a good. I think he's one of those coaches that he's a good coordinator, but he's not a good head coach. Okay. We'll come back, wrap it up in a moment. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WK. We talked a lot about a lot this week about, you know, we should be confident. You know, again, you know, did we feel like we played a, a great game today? No, not by any means, but this team should be, should be confident, right? And that doesn't mean cocky, it means confident. I'm going to guess that was Stetson Bennett. Oh, no, that was Nick Sirianni, sorry, from, oh, uh, oh, from uh, the post game on Sunday. No. Sounded scared to death to me. Um, <laughs> just kidding. They should be confident. They, I mean, they've been the best team all year. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. What was one of the toughest games they had? Detroit. Opening game. It was. That was the one Merrill told us he was worried about. Exactly right. And I was right there with him. <laughs> That's a uh, tough, hard-nosed team. As I closed yesterday's show, I said, what a group of pros, pros. They find out before the game they're out, and they played they played their guts out. And I was listening to the game all the way back from Philly. Wow. So big day today with Curtis Jacobs adding his name to Adisa Isaac and others about returning Devon Ellis. For Penn State, Penn State finished seventh in both polls. Junior Day is coming up this weekend. Interesting times. I would get into everybody's rankings for 23, but I don't care yet.